Hey everyone, Carrie Beck here, um, Homeschool Coffee Break, where we want to help you gain confidence so that you can actually take a homeschool coffee break. And I'm here to help you as well. Hey, thank y'all so much for being here today. We're talking about scheduling and preparing for the new year. Some of y'all have even told me, I haven't even bought anything. And I'm like, okay, now's the time. We got to get it together if y'all are going to start in the September. You know, and I know we have year-round people, but let's face it, even my year-round friends say we take it easy in the summer. It's not quite as heavy in the academics as the rest of the time. So I'm not here to talk about year, well, I am going to talk for just about a minute about year-round versus um, traditional school year. But what I am here to do today is we're going to talk about scheduling some scheduling ideas. And then if you, um, I will also be giving you a free resource to help you. And it will have some of the information that I share today, but it'll also give you some ideas of what you could um, do as far as scheduling. So we are gonna get started. I'm gonna try to monitor, hello, Amber and Michelle over here. I'm gonna try to monitor both places. I started doing Zoom a while back and then I sort of forgot, I'd go straight to Facebook. So let's talk about scheduling. What do you do each day? Do you go four days or five days? Do you go year round or traditional school year? Lots of different questions that we can have about scheduling our homeschool. So let's talk about some ideas. I, before we even dive into this, some, um, I can't, I don't even have the name of the person. Someone did leave a question on the event in Facebook. And we're going to probably spend a little more time next week when we talk about multiple kids. But here's the question. And I do think it has something to do with scheduling. How do you juggle a two-year-old investigator, a seven-year-old that's not reading, a nine, four, and 14 and 17-year-old teens needing lots of oversight, and I've struggled to fit it all in? Help! And then she has a little laughing, smiley face. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week, but I would like to address a couple things because I just got off our private call for my Raising Leaders Not Followers. I was doing a group coaching call with them and we were talking about older kids, several questions that I received. And um, so anyway, I went through answering those questions, but when I saw this, it made me think of the same thing. If your kids are 14 and 17, I personally believe they need to take ownership and leadership in their education. By that time, you should not be dictating what they do. And believe it or not, I mean, I'm not going to go into it. That's a whole nother story. But my kids, by the time they were in ninth grade, they were writing their own lesson plans. They were making decisions about what there were some things that, yes, we required as a family. But after that, math and science, they could just make those choices. Ashley never finished algebra two never took SAT, never took an ACT, got her college degree in two years, and then got a teaching certificate the next semester and taught at-risk kids in the public schools. So sometimes we have something up here and it's not necessarily what we need for everyone. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Jan over there as well. So I'm going to tell you before we start with planning and scheduling, you need to go to God. Y'all know I'm a person of faith. And my courses all have a faith element in it. You need to go to him and ask him. He will tell you. It's not like he's trying to keep it a secret. The problem is we go, what do we do? 
we go and ask everyone online what to do. And then we go ask our friends and then we compare what everyone's doing to us. Your kids are not their kids. Your family is not their family. And when you're making a schedule for your family, it needs to fit your family and what God has called you to do. So here are a couple of things. I'm going to talk about one thing before we get to schedules. I'm going to talk about daily, weekly, and annual schedules in a moment. But before you can even make a schedule, you need to find, have an overall goal. You need to say, here is where we are headed this year. Maybe it's just one family goal. Because the thing about it is when you have a goal in mind, when you are planning your schedule, when you're picking your curriculum, no matter what you're doing, if you have a goal in mind, that is how you decide what curriculum. That is how you decide what schedule to use. And if it doesn't meet your goal, you just say, no, we're going to do something else. How do you decide? Well, and here's the verse. Without a vision, the people perish. That is from the Bible. I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs, maybe somewhere else. Um, but let's face it. If you don't have a vision, of where you're going, you're going to hit that target every time because it's the target of nothing. You don't know where you're headed. So I would not make goals of 20. I would make 20 goals. If I were going to make a goal, here's what I would do. I would make one family goal. Like maybe for us that second year, my goal was to read aloud every single day, first thing in the morning before the kids started working independently. That was my goal. I felt like that was what God called me to do. Then, so that's a family goal in my homeschool. Then if you want another goal, make one goal per child. If you've got like this girl has a 14 and a 17 year old, you better be talking to them about their goals. I personally didn't want my kids to follow me all the days of their lives. Follow Jesus. He will show you what to do. And when you are trusting Jesus, you are modeling and mentoring that for your kids. All right. So I think it's really important that especially teenagers, they have a say in what's going on, because if they don't, they're going to have a bad attitude. They're going to rebel. And it's just like, oh, welcome, Tiffany, Sandy, Beth and Amanda as well. I was about to say Amanda. I had a really good friend here yesterday um, from Panama. He and his wife are here and they have a daughter named Amanda because it's Spanish version. So I still tend to say that. Okay, so you need to have at least one overall goal. What is most important to you? What is God calling you to do? I just gave you a quick example of read aloud. Y'all are all in different places. You have kids at all different ages and where mine were that second year of homeschooling. Whatever your goal is, I wonder if I have one of these. Here's what I'm gonna tell you to do. Go find one of these little post-its and write it. And put that post-it wherever you are every day of your homeschool. For me, I am actually in the room that we homeschooled in. It was, we had like the kids had three, they had their own little desks right there as a built-in desk. I would take this post-it, I would put it on my desk so I see it every day. Because you're going to have decisions that you have to make on your schedule, on curriculum, on books to read. And you want to make sure that they all line up with the goal that you and God came up with before school started. Now, it can change. I'm not saying be so rigid. You can be flexible, but have a goal in mind. Then as you plan your curriculum, as you plan your schedule, you want to say, if it doesn't further this goal, then maybe it's not necessary. You know, be honest. 
workbooks did not fulfill my goal of reading aloud. We, I was not going to have them do a workbook on whatever book we were reading aloud. I was doing it for them to gain thinking skills. So I could have even put read aloud once a day to develop uh, a love of learning and thinking skills. That would be very specific. That could be something that I would write down. Don't copy my goal, your family. Go find your goal and talk to God about it. Post it on your device, your desk, wherever you'll see it every day and make your decisions based on that. So that's the basis, the foundation for scheduling. Now let's talk about your schedule. Daily schedule. Now I'm going to share the things that we did because it worked with our family. And I would think some of these are things that you're going to do, but it may be different. I was actually, um, I think Linda Hobar with Mystery of History was interviewing me and we were talking about homeschooling and she asked me something, somehow reading aloud came up and I said, oh, we did that first thing because I did not want to miss it. Whatever was most important to me, we did first thing in the morning. And she said, isn't that interesting? I would save the fun stuff to the afternoon. And I thought, you know, we're all different. God calls us to different things. So for us, this is what we did. God, the Bible, family devotions was most important. We started our day with that at breakfast time. That's a whole nother story. But for us, we ate breakfast together as a family. And so it was the most important part of the day. I also believe eating a meal together builds relationships. Side note. If you're not eating one meal a day together, that should be your goal. Because I'm going to tell you, there are studies that say children in the public schools, the ones that do the best, this is scientific studies, the ones that do the best eat dinner together as a family. They're not even homeschooling. So find a meal that you can eat together. Relationships will grow that academics as well. Okay. So we did that breakfast and they went off and did their own thing. And then I wanted, I don't know what time we started, 8.30 to 9.30 maybe. We had what I call family time. The first 30 minutes were whatever I felt like we needed to cover. The last 30 minutes was reading our book aloud. All right. And really, I didn't do that much with the read aloud, except we would refer back and forth to it throughout the day. Um, I tried to alternate that read aloud book because Gentry would listen to anything, Ashley, history, science, Hunter, water. That was about it. Um, and so I tried to alternate once. He also liked Robin Hood and um, who's the other guy? Robin Hood and King Arthur as well. So we would do that. And that was over about 930. What, that first 30 minutes, it was sort of like um, when they were younger. Every day they picked a poem out of one of my poetry books and they read it out loud. If we had a Bible study one day a week or two days a week, we would go over that Bible study. Every day for a long time, we would sing a hymn together because we didn't sing hymns in my church. And I wanted my kids to know hymns. I didn't change it every day. We might sing a hymn for two or three weeks because I wanted them to actually learn the hymns because I felt like that was part of their heritage. That was important to me. Art appreciation, music appreciation. One day a week, we might pull out a painting and talk about it. It varied from day to day and season to season and the ages of my kids and what we were doing that year. So the first 30 minutes was up to me. The last 30 minutes was read aloud. Then from there, 9.30 to 12.30, they went off and did their independent work, even as young kids. 
because I gave them a copy of their schedule. It was just a spreadsheet. They put it in a dry erase, uh, one of those page protectors, had a dry erase marker, and they can mark it off. Hunter's at the end of the week was always solid black because he always chose a black marker and he would color the whole box in to make sure we knew that it was done. That was just him. The girls probably had pink and purple. I don't know. Um, so when they were young, especially Hunter, like he was first grade, he, he needed a little more help, but he had things he could do. He could do copy work. He could do some different things at his desk. But what I would do when they were in elementary school is I would rotate them over to the kitchen and they would come over. And that was my time to spend time independently, individually with them and do what we need to do. I did not have a preschool child at that time. Back up, we homeschooled Ashley in third grade for a semester. Hunter was three years old. And so, again, we use our desk was right there. Bad mom. One hour a day, he sat in front of that TV. That's just what I did. That's not the best thing to do. What would I suggest for toddlers? I would suggest special toys that they can only use. And I'm not opposed to screens, but I did not have him sitting in the screen the entire time I was homeschooling. He participated with us as well, even though she was in third grade and he was three or four years old. So I'm just being honest and transparent about what we did. Okay, so then um, as they got older, I didn't need to meet with them every day, like high school. I would meet with them maybe three days a week and they were by then working in their bedroom and I would just sort of pop in and out and I would make sure they knew what they were doing. And when they were working on a research pro project or paper, I might spend an hour or two with them and we might be going through editing or looking at their research and trying to talk about what's the best way to approach it. I wanted, I wanted to come alongside them in high school, not just drop them off. Okay, and I would journey with them. So by the time they were juniors and seniors, they really could educate themselves. They had the tools of learning. All right, so then lunch together when they were younger, quiet time. I need a quiet time. We all need a quiet time, at least one hour. Uh, you need it too. And so I had another friend I was talking to, I want to say in my mastermind, and they actually had their independent reading time first thing in the morning because that's what works with them. So just because I'm telling you what works for me, you need to look and see. But I do think we all need quiet time during the day. Then um, they would play outside. We, these are a wide variety of things. It came and went. During the afternoon, they could play outside. They could have friends over. When they were younger, we did a girls club once a week at different um, girls' homes and did some fun things. We might do arts and crafts, science projects, experiments. We may have other weekly activities or classes. They were involved in sports, so they would have practice as well. And just have fun and play and go outside. Play with your siblings, play with your friends, whomever. So afternoon was pretty loosey-goosey. We were done by lunchtime. If they weren't, it was up to them to finish whatever it was they needed to finish. That is sort of a daily schedule for me. Y'all leave comments wherever you are and tell us what y'all are doing. Um, I'm looking here and Amber said, we did meeting times with the big kids to check in on the plan or where they were stuck. And I think that's good. It depends on your kids' ages. Like all three of them were never in high school ages, teenage at the same time. So Ashley and Gentry, I could meet with them together about things. And then Ashley graduated and went to college. And then when Hunter came along, Gentry and Hunter. So I think that's a really good point. When you have older kids, you do need to touch base. Don't just let them go or they're going to 
fall on their face, maybe. One of the big kids played with the littles for that 30 minutes. Oh, I love that. Another thing we did do in the um, when they were all little, so we started, say, independent work around 9.30, one hour, 10.30. I sent them all outside. Uh, I didn't care what the weather was like. They went outside for 15 minutes. I had a break to even do the laundry or the dishwasher or whatever. And then I did have a snack waiting for them when they got back in. So we did have little breaks in all of this. We do read aloud at lunchtime. Oh, Christina, that is awesome. I should tell my story quickly and then I will move on to weekly and annual. The first year, that's what I did. And you know what I did? I'd fall asleep. And in my head, I'm thinking, Carrie, you're modeling something for kids. You're mentoring. You're saying, Carrie, you're saying kids, reading out loud is puts you to sleep. So that is why I started doing it first thing in the morning. When I was a public school teacher, I read out loud as soon as lunch was over and they would come back, put their heads on the desk or do something quiet while I would read aloud. So again, I had to deal with me because I was tired by then and I couldn't stay awake and I'd have to hand the book off to one of my kids. But I'm not saying that's everyone. I'm just saying that's what happened to our family. I love these ideas. Thanks for sharing. Okay, now let's go on. Weekly, what do you do? Some of y'all want to homeschool four days. Some of you five school five days. Is there a right and wrong answer? No. What do you do? You ask God. I'm going to always tell you to ask God, don't be dependent on me. Be dependent on the Holy Spirit and listening to the voice of God tell you what you need to do. And I think he will show you what fits you and your family best. It may be a personal preference or it may be him just when you're saying, okay, you need to do this four days a week because you need rest. I don't know, maybe you just had a baby and you need only four days of homeschooling. There's lots of things that happen from year to year. Um, some people will take, if uh, for those of you not familiar with it, some people will take Fridays off and they will use those for field trips, running errands, fun activities, getting together with other families. I've heard of other people taking Wednesday off. They homeschool Monday and Tuesday. They take a break, Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday is a break. Four days does give you space in your life to get rid of the busyness and to make me slow down. So I really like that idea. We did not homeschool every single day, five days a week. And I tried to always have activities. I love field trips. So we were always taking a field trip. That's just a preference. And I think that's something you need to talk to God about. So daily, weekly, let's talk about annual. We're going to close up. I'm going to go ahead and put this in the um, in the comments in Zoom. And then I'm also going to put this in um, Facebook if I could get my thing together. But annual, let's just talk about that. What can we do? You know, some people are diehard, um, diehard, oh, I'm looking for this thing, diehard um, around the whole year schooling. I was not, I was of the belief that God rested on the seventh day and I needed a break too, but we all do things differently. Uh, one of my good friends, homeschool superhero, um, Annette, says they homeschool year round, but in the summer they take it easy. And so it's not near as in depth. So you need to decide. Again, go to God, see what he wants you to do. I will encourage you a few things. No matter, oh, and I was personally, I went from Labor Day to Memorial Day. Did we quit learning? No. My kids were still reading every day. We still had quiet time. We still read aloud every day. And we were still doing activities and fun experiments and going on field trips. We just didn't have all the 
lesson plans and everything. So you could say maybe I homeschooled year round. I don't know. But anyway, two pieces of ideas when no matter how you end up doing this, don't do every activity or subject every year. When I was a public school teacher, I never finished a textbook. Don't put that pressure on yourself and go, okay, kids, we got, and they're going to hate school. We've got three more weeks and we've got five chapters in that book we've got to finish. Don't do that. I mean, give yourself grace and patience. Give your kids grace and patience. For me personally, I re from whatever we finished in May, whether that was math or history or science, we just picked up with it in September. We did not worry about it. It is okay to take a break. And even in public school, we didn't do every subject all the time. And so I did not do, especially elementary, I did not do every subject. You've already heard my story. Ashley didn't even do math probably her last two years of homeschooling because she never finished algebra two. Give yourself grace. Give yourself patience. Those are the two things. Now let's talk about this. Quit worrying about getting behind. What is getting behind? You are Incur you're teaching your kids and hopefully you're teaching them for mastery, not check the list off. That's the conveyor belt. We want to hop off that conveyor belt. Quit worrying about getting behind. Listen to God and he's going to show you what's best for your child. There's a time, I mean, you know, we got lazy kids and if they're lazy, they may need to kick in the rear and move on. But sometimes they're really trying hard to get something done and it's just difficult for them. Again, we never finished a curriculum in a year, even in the public school. So those are a few ideas, daily, weekly, and annual in both the Zoom and here in um, Facebook. And it will also be in the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, I have put a freebie. It is our um, Homeschool Schedule Ideas ebook. And you can go grab that wherever you're listening. I have a huge favor. Wherever you're listening, especially YouTube or the podcast, please subscribe. Click that little subscribe button so that we can get more of this out to more people. I always forget to say that at the beginning. Now, I am going to open it up just for a moment for any questions or comments. We've got some great ideas. I've got the freebie here. Ashes, I would love to homeschool year round. Oh, that's cool. Um, cool idea. Reading aloud, lunchtime. We've got some different people here on. So let me look over in Zoom, see if we've got any comments. Thank you for y'all. Y'all just sort of charged me up and got me going. Remember, you need your goal before you start making your decision for year round, four or five day, or even your daily schedule. What is your goal? Take a post-it, write it down, make it specific, put it somewhere. And as you plan for this upcoming year, make sure that what the subjects you choose aren't just busy work. And just because some school district tells you to do it, you are doing it because it will further your goal and educate your kids. And Amber says, so true about um, all subjects. My girl was awarded a full academic ride with only one math credit. The university said she could take it there. They want good students. Hey, here's one last story I'll close you with. Hunter did not do math. Oh, here's this a good annual story. Hunter did not do math, formal math from Kent. Well, he did a little bit in kindergarten first grade, like for a week till sixth grade. No math workbook, no math curriculum, no math video, no math anything. And he started in sixth or seventh grade. He caught up in about a year and a half or two years. When he did go to the public school, I mean, public private school in 10th grade, 
his 10th grade year, he won the math award for the entire high school. That should tell you, he did not do math curriculum in elementary school. We waited because I felt like language arts was the most important thing. That's the best time to learn a foreign language. It's the best time to really focus on your um, your language skills in English as well. Okay, I've got one question. Uh, any ideas for full-time working mom and homeschooling in the evening? I That is a great question. Um, Amber, I might even if, uh, get her to, um, we may even do an interview on that. That is a hot topic. Uh, here's what I would say. I did not have to do that. I did work, but it was sometimes in the house, but usually what I, I was working at home. So I did all my homeschooling in the morning and I did my work in the afternoon. I had a fear that my kids would remember the back of my head staring at a computer screen. And that's all they would remember in their high school years. And so I was very focused when I was there in the morning times with them. But then they had either already finished or they were independent. Now, I don't know the whole situation, Michelle. I have some people that work full-time but they don't work every single day full-time. And so they work full-time, but their husband is home one or two days a week. So she, they can, their husband can help a little. That may or may not be your situation. And I don't know the ages of your children, but I would, wherever they are, I do believe kids can work independently. I would leave some things that they will enjoy doing that they can do independently. Or maybe if they may not like copy work or something like that, but you know, maybe they're doing a math workbook. Maybe they're just doing their homework during the day. Now, here is what I would have a hard time with, Michelle. I would be exhausted when I got home, <laughs> honestly. And so that would be something that you, you're really going to need to deal with. It may be you come home, y'all take a little break, you have dinner, and then spend a, an hour or two. The other thing I would encourage you to do is maybe use Saturday. And I don't know if you work on Saturday, but Saturdays, I do have some homeschool moms that actually homeschool on Saturday that are working all the whole time. Uh, Michelle, if you are not um, in our Facebook group, I will try to find some things that I can share as well, um, because we have had those conversations before. Christina said my high schooler and I did algebra. In the, oh, you're good. My high schooler and I did algebra in the evening because the house was quiet. 9 p.m. was his starting time. It worked great for him, tiring for me. So that is another consideration. What works best for your kids? They're only here for a short time. And uh, I mean, obviously you don't want to wear yourself out to where you have no energy and you're sick all the time, but that would be something to consider. And if she's got a high schooler, he could sleep in in the morning and he should be able to do some things at home by himself. I love the idea of hubby having a day with the kids. Mine works from home, so that might actually work for us. Um, I don't remember. I think it was in my summer raising leaders group, and it could have been Alicia because she was going to miss some of our group coaching, and she was telling me what her whole situation was. So this is a topic that I'm actually going to be talking about, not next week, but after that. It's going to tie in a little bit, Michelle. Um, it'll be here on the podcast. Um financial, money, education, and work. We're going to tie all three of those together. I'm going to do about a four-part series on that. So if you'll give me a little bit of time to come up with a few ideas, and maybe we can just brainstorm some ideas as well. But I believe that uh, Jesus spoke more about money than any other topic, and we do not give our kids a good financial education. 
if they're in high school, they need you better be purposeful with money and finances. And I'm going to talk about some ideas and things as well. Amber said, weekdays and weekends don't really exist. You can do school any day of the week. That's a good point. Find your best days and times. I work while my kids sleep. School starts at 10. Most of my online work is done by then. So really good questions. And Amber Smith, thank you. If y'all haven't met Amber, she's another one of our homeschool superheroes. Really good resource as well. Hey guys, I'm gonna have to cut it off. Thank y'all so much time, so much for spending time with me. This is Carrie Beck, Homeschool Coffee Break where we want to stop the overwhelm, give you confidence to know you're doing the right thing and take that coffee break. We'll talk to you next time.